And the text for our sermon today comes to us from the Gospel reading of Matthew 4, especially this verse. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A young boy decided one day to go out for a walk. After walking for a little while, he came across a set of train tracks. He decided in his youthful curiosity that he would follow those train tracks for a while. And so after following them for about a mile, he noticed that those train tracks led into a tunnel. Now he knew it could be dangerous to follow those tracks into the tunnel, but his curiosity got the best of him. He figured, after all, that tunnel was probably fairly short, and he would soon be out of it on the other side. So as he entered into that tunnel, the daylight that he had been walking in faded away. The deeper he went into the tunnel, the darker it got. And soon, it was pitch black, and the boy was quite scared. He couldn't figure out whether he should keep walking towards the other end or turn around and try to go back. But figuring that surely the tunnel couldn't be much longer, he decided to continue walking. He felt the train tracks turn to the right and he followed them. Then just around the corner, his eyes caught a glimpse of light. But you see, when he saw that light, he didn't know whether he should be terrified or elated. But that light was still too far away to tell for sure what the source of the light was. Was it daylight on the other end of the tunnel? Or was it an approaching train? You know, the truth of the matter is this. The appearance of light always has the possibility of inciting terror or of providing comfort. Jesus, today in our text, begins his public proclamation after the days when John the Baptist was put in prison. Now Matthew here, early in his gospel, does not give us a detailed account of everything that Jesus says. But instead, he gives us just this one little summary We are told that Jesus told all the people, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Yes, he told all who would listen that the reign of God had come close with his arrival. He said that with his coming, indeed light was coming into every dark place. After all, his kingdom in the end was all about the spread of light and the destruction of darkness. But of course, his message was not received by everyone as good news. For no, not everyone rejoices in the light. In fact, Jesus would say in another place that truth be told, most of humanity rather likes living in the darkness. After all, darkness has a way of concealing evil. And we all like to hide our wicked ways. You know, that's the reason your grandmother or your mother might tell you that nothing good happens after midnight. Well, of course, it's not totally true. It did convey the truth that we needed to know, that much evil often happens after dark. 
Humanity somehow thinks in the dark they can hide their evil from one another, and at times are foolish enough to believe they could even hide it from the Almighty by dwelling in darkness. And so, when the light of God comes, it is not always received with joy. For anyone who loves any sin, the coming of the kingdom of God is like a train bearing down on them as they stand in a tunnel. For that light in coming does nothing but expose their sinfulness and their pride. No, there's no joy in the coming of the kingdom of God. For those who love sin, there is only the terror of having their deeds exposed. But on the other hand, those who through the revelation of the word have grown weary of the darkness, there is great rejoicing for them at the coming of the kingdom of God. For them it is that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. It is that thing that promises an end to the darkness of sin that they have been walking in for too long. The arrival of light removes the darkness and it makes all things clearer than they had been in the past. Today is the 43rd anniversary of the judicial decision to legalize abortion in our country. And so it's good today that we might pause for one moment to allow the text to speak to this issue. Indeed, when the kingdom of God comes, there is no issue that is untouched. The kingdom of God comes with its light into every dark corner. In regards to abortion, when that light is brought to bear, there is much evil that is revealed, evil that is often concealed in the darkness. It reveals babies who have been given life by God, being discarded with common waste after being dismembered in their mother's womb. It reveals some people choosing their immediate convenience over the potential good that every life can have. It means exposing men, sheepishly neglecting the responsibility they have to raise the children that they have begotten. It reveals sometimes those same men encouraging and even demanding abortions rather than caring for their child. It reveals now the some 58 million children aborted in this country in those last 43 years. The light reveals all of these dark deeds. And when the kingdom of God comes upon those who would like to act as if all of this can simply be overlooked or that it's not all that big of a deal, well then the kingdom of God comes with great force. It exposes that evil very quickly. But never forget, the kingdom of God does not just come to expose sins, not even in the case of abortion. And sometimes we forget this when we speak about this issue in the church. In general, God does not rejoice in exposing sin. He rejoices in removing sin through his son Jesus. And that's just as true in regards to abortion as it is to any other sin. And so when the kingdom of God comes to those who have been involved in some abortion in some way, it brings light that can remove that darkness. 
No, it does not come to expose those people further, but rather to remove the guilt and the shame that they feel for their actions. It brings relief to women who have made that choice. It brings relief to the men or the parents who encouraged it. It brings relief to those who may have helped another pay for it. It removes the darkness of those times and it gives new light in which to walk. It reveals clearly that Jesus is the Savior for all sins and that he is the only one that can take those dark things and rid them from the world through his death and resurrection. It reveals him as the only one who can let the past be gone and let a life of light be ahead. Week after week, you and I pray that God would send his kingdom among us. We pray that he would do that each time we pray the Lord's Prayer. And blessedly, God answers our prayer. In his word and through his gifts of baptism and absolution and the Lord's Supper, his kingdom does come to us. But have no doubt that when the kingdom comes to us, it comes as light into darkness. And that means that at some times that light will shine and will reveal sins once hidden in the darkness in our life. It will at times expose us as prideful, unloving, wretched souls. It will reveal us as lustful and selfish and mean people. It will reveal us as those who often like to scamper off into the darkness and practice sin under its cover. And so when you pray that the kingdom of God would come, know that you are praying that your sins might be exposed by the light of that kingdom. You are praying that God's word might lay bare your sin. You are praying that your pastor might uncover the sins that are lying hidden in your life. You are praying for Christian friends that might have the courage to disclose those things they see to you that are not worthy of the calling you have in Christ. But of course, for your sins to be exposed is not the only thing you are praying for when you pray that prayer. If that was all that you would pray for when you prayed, Thy kingdom come, I doubt anyone would pray it at all. But no, you are also praying that those, that light of Christ would come and remove the darkness, that it would come and remove every sin in your life, and that it does. That is what light does, that is what Jesus does. He comes, and the darkness must leave. It was all shown so perfectly on that first holy week. There, all the darkness of humanity's sin descended upon Jesus, the darkness that was in the sky only served to amplify the darkness of sin that had fallen upon him. But that darkness was not to remain. No, indeed, that was made quite clear three days later when Jesus left the tomb with the light of life. And ever since that moment, that light has been shining into the world. The kingdom of heaven has been drawing near ever since then. As we heard in our text, Jesus called his disciples and he sent them out to be fishers of men, to bring his light into all places. And blessedly that kingdom, that light, comes to you again this day. All of your sins are vanquished as his light comes into your darkness. 
And not only is your darkness removed, but his light continues to shine before you. He frees you to walk as a child of light each day. Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And he says that precisely because he wants that when his kingdom comes to you, it would not have to expose your sins, but solely remove them. He wants only to remove the darkness of your sin and give you a permanent place in his glorious light. He wants that tunnel of darkness that you have been strolling through in curiosity to give way to daylight on the other side. For Jesus is your life. He is your light. He is the king of the kingdom of heaven. Repent, for his kingdom draws near to you. Amen.